This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. And good Wednesday to you and yours. You got Joe Fortenball and Freddie Coleman in for the guys on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You're about to find out what a crumb cookie has to do with the future of the Philadelphia 76ers. We bring in Tim Leglet, ESPN NBA analyst. He's going to be sick and tired of seeing my ugly face. He's seen it on the last couple of days on first take. Now he gets to hear about it as we talk a little NBA offseason with the trade deadline and also free agency getting started at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Tim, Tobias Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers said, and I quote, trade, spe- trade speculation you know Fans in Philadelphia, they'll trade me for a crumb cookie. But at the end of the day, they have to realize you're not getting a six foot nine four back who you can, you know, damn well shoot near 40 points from the three, guard the other three's best player, and shoot post up and drive and play 70 plus games a year, end quote. You know that city. You played in that city. What do you think about crumb cookie and Tobias Harris and the fans reacting to him? <laughs> well, yeah, it's not going to be super popular reaction. If, he, if the fans are being honest with themselves, a lot of what he said is accurate. And I know a lot of these guys, the, the, the quote, casual fans that he's referencing are a lot of people I know and interact with and deal with on a regular basis in Philadelphia. And I agree. There's an overreaction to Tobias Harris. It takes place all the time. Um, and, and look, people get wrapped up in the contract. They get wrapped up in the numbers. He's going to make $39 million next year. He averaged 15 points a game in the playoffs. Those two things don't align, right? They don't match up. And that's why he takes so much criticism. But the truth is, you know, it's – it's not because of you know his game declining that his numbers have dropped off since he got there. It's because you've gone out. At first, it was just a Joel Embiid-type player and a Ben Simmons, who was mostly a pass-first guy. And then Tobias Harris is basically your second-best offensive player. Well, now look what's happened. They go out, they get James Harden, a high-volume shot taker, a ball-dominant guard. Tyrese Maxey is a guy that they draft, bring in. He's emerging. He's a 20-point scorer. He has the basketball a lot, has free reign to, to do things offensively. So he has just been bumped down the pecking order, uh, and that's where you end up with Tobias Harris in the spot he's in. The truth is, though, Tobias Harris is your fourth-best player, which he is in Philadelphia. You're pretty darn good, and you are in the mix, and you are in contention, which they were a year ago, losing a game seven in the second round to the Boston Celtics. Uh, if you if Tobias Harris is your second or third-best player, you're probably not in that mix of teams that's got a real chance to contend. So – I think it's, you know, the, the problem that the fans have, the money doesn't align with the production, but it's not all Tobias Harris's fault. I think a lot of what he said is pretty accurate, but the fans will still you know, take exception to it anytime you, the word fan comes out of your mouth as a Philadelphia athlete, and it's not a positive thing you're about to say, they're going to remember that for a while. <laughs> all right, Tim, so sticking with the Sixers, what moves should, not will, should Philly be making this offseason to improve their standing in the Eastern Conference? Well, look, it starts obviously with Harden, and, and you know we've been over this so much. It, I, I'm of the mindset that you don't have much of a choice because you gave up a lot of capital to get him. Right? You're going you're gonna to have to make him a legitimate max-type offer. That's what you're going to have to do. That's what you do when you have players of that caliber. You don't let them walk out the door with no compensation. It's bad business. So they'll make the offer, and we were still trying to wait and sign it, find out what Harden's going to do. He's going to opt out, uh, most likely, and because he thinks even if he stays in Philly, he can get more money in a longer-term deal. But, hey, maybe he has it in his mind to go somewhere else and go back to Houston. We're going to find that out pretty shortly. Um, but that's the first thing. Offer him. If he accepts it, 
you don't have a lot of room to go out beyond that because you know you're going to have to also max out Maxi here pretty soon. Right. Right, he's making $4 million next year, and, and right now he's your second-best player, offensive player. So they know that's coming. So you don't have a lot of room to go out and add splashy free agents to bolster your roster. What they do need to do, though, is add a little bit of depth of guys they trust. I don't think Doc Rivers trusted his roster beyond the top four or five guys. Um, and that is something I think Nick Nurse is going to address. He likes type of guys that are uh, very much interchangeable parts. That's a lot of what he had in Toronto. You give me some 6'7 to 6'9 type guys that can guard with long arms, and that's that's what I want to my, my team to look like defensively around my star offensive players. I think those are the kind of guys they're going to be looking at. Hit him on Twitter, Lex, ESPN, Tim Legler, ESPN, NBA analyst, joining Joe Fordenbaugh and Freddie Coleman on Fritz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Rob Palenka put it out there, the Lakers general manager, that we're going to run it back with the core guys that got us at the Western Conference Finals, even though they got swept by the Denver Nuggets. Tim, in your opinion, if that's going to be the case, and it seems like there's no reason to not believe him, how close are they to truly getting a championship or contending for one by running it back? Well, as we sit here approaching July, they are definitely a, a contender in the Western Conference because there's a lot of teams in transition in the West and trying to figure out what can they retain on their own roster are some of their better players that were hurt most of last year going to be healthy going into the season? Um, some teams are still trying to figure out the rest of their supporting cast. When you look at the West, the one known commodity we have right now are the Denver Nuggets. And, and maybe you could say the Sacramento Kings, but I don't know necessarily. I'd look at them as a true contending type team. Look at the rest of the West. I mean, look what's going on in Memphis, waiting 25 games on John Moran. They added Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe that's something – that's going to really pay off for them, and it's going to make them more legitimate down the road. we got to wait and see. we got to wait and see what Phoenix looks like with these three guys playing together. And, by the way, who else is playing on that team because they don't have anything beyond the three of those guys and DeAndre Ayton, who I don't think is going to be very happy. That's probably going to be a situation they're going to have to address, and, you know, not touching the ball, and, and he's, he's going to want out, I believe. And then beyond that, they have no depth whatsoever. So I, I'm not ready to just go ahead and, and put Phoenix in the finals. we got to see that and see what that looks like. I mean, Dallas, who knows? Kyrie Irving goes back there. That was a train wreck at the end of the year with those two guys playing together. So there are just so many question marks in the Western Conference that if you look at the Lakers running it back, basically resigning Hachimura, resigning Austin Reeves, if that's the case, they're absolutely on a short list of teams that can contend in the Western Conference. Free agency opens Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You mentioned Kyrie Irving. What do you think ultimately happens with Irving? Well, I think ultimately for Kyrie, it's going to come down to a money decision because right now, there's just not enough cap space on teams that he would be interested in playing for. Um, and so sometimes it just comes down to math. I mean, is <laughs> Kyrie Irving accept the money, lock up that guaranteed deal? Because I think Dallas is going to do everything he can to keep him. Because, again, you gave up valuable assets to get him. You gave up Spencer Dinwiddie. You gave up Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, these are major contributing role players. Um, and so you've got to make an effort to resign him. And I think ultimately, when he looks around the landscape of the league and sees the lack of cap space on any teams that are relevant, uh, I think Kyrie Irving ultimately will resign there. Does it work? I, you know, I, I'm not going to completely write it off based on the small sample size I had last year because they didn't play together that much. Um, I just really question the leadership on that team with those two guys. And I also question the lack of defense on the perimeter when they're out there together. Uh, and their games are independent of each other offensively. They don't really complement each other. They operate independently in their own windows when they've got the basketball. So I need to see more of it 
and I'll probably have a much better conclusion if he resigns there by Christmas, if this is something that these two guys with whoever else they're playing with is enough to get into that mix of teams I've mentioned already in the West. Tim Lugler, ESPN NBA analyst, joining Joe Fordenbaugh, Freddie Coleman, and Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. So we don't know what the Golden State Warriors are going to do in terms of they've moved on from Jordan Poole, the Draymond Green situation is out there, and they're bringing in Chris Paul at a major, major salary to be whatever that's going to be. If I ask you the question, Tim, are they better, worse, or the same as they were last season, what is your answer? I think right now you'd probably have to say that they're probably not as good. Because, look, Jordan Poole, I know, you know, some things blew up on him in the postseason. Um, and, it, you know, he really struggled to, to, to play as well as he did in the regular season. But he was a major, major contributor for them in the regular season. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo was sensational for them in the second half of the year and throughout the playoffs. There's a very good chance they're not going to resign him. He's, he, they can only offer him $4 million a year. He's going to make more than that on the open market, and he'll probably find a contender to go to and, and maybe double that. You expect him to do that. So those are major losses. You also did not develop Kaminga to trust him in the postseason a year ago. That's, that's a big question mark for me. And I don't think Chris Paul stylistically fits what they do. They, they need to play fast. They need to move without the basketball. They don't have a traditional point guard set they run fewer ball screens than any team in the league. Chris Paul loves to run ball screens. He's a traditional point guard. He's he's smaller. He's a little bit slower. He's he's not the impact player he once was defensively. He certainly makes him smarter, and, and he's obviously a great player. But I don't know stylistically that it's something that he's going to really look like the same guy we've seen throughout his career. So I, right now as we sit here, I don't know that they'll be as good. Now, look, having said that, they were a sixth seed for a reason. Yep. Steph Curry missed a large chunk of time. Andrew Wiggins missed a large chunk of time, right? So they, they're a team that is better than a six seed going into the playoffs a year ago. Um, will they be a top two, top three team in the West? Will we really look at them as a contender? I just think we have to wait and see. Let's get the Draymond situation worked out, see what they do to address some of these losses um, of Jordan Poole and of Dante DiVincenzo, and see what they do to add depth to their team before I can really make a conclusion on it. But look, the core is together. They're still in the mix very much. Hey, Tim, I'm glad you're not sick of hearing and talking to me and also seeing me, my friend. Always a pleasure, brother. We'll talk to you soon, and thanks a lot, my man. You got it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Freddie. Great stuff. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Hit him on Twitter, Legs ESPN. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Joe Fordenball. Thanks for being a part of Fitz and Harry. We're going to get to the better and worse when it comes to the end of the Warriors dynasty and the number five. It's Fitz and Harry, brought to you by the number five on ESPN Radio. (laughs) Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Washington Wizards have agreed to send Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. I think, I think, I think at all times you just want to be somewhere uh, where you can compete for a championship and, and definitely be with a team uh, where you appreciate it. I think this is a right move for the Warriors, and I would love to see Chris Paul alongside uh, Steph Curry.
Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. You got Joe Fordenbaugh and Freddie Coleman in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us in the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us and tune in until you're a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget to keep calling in at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What is the best NFL fan base. Joe Fordenbaugh believes it's the Buffalo Bills. I believe it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. We did not have the Philadelphia Eagles fan base in our top five. Let the hate begin at 888-ESPN, <laughs> 888-729-3776. And a lot of people had a lot of hate, Joe, for the move by the Golden State Warriors. They move on from Jordan Poole. They don't know if Draymond Green is going to resign. He decided to opt out of his player option. But they bring in Chris Paul to join Steph Curry, as well as Klay Thompson, potentially Draymond Green, that try to win their fifth championship in 10 years. And a lot of people had a lot of strong feelings about that. Without question. The first thing to understand with a deal like this is that oftentimes there's this visceral reaction that occurs with the surface level portion of the deal. And what I mean by that is, oh my God, you traded Jordan Poole, you brought in Chris Paul. What is Chris Paul going to do for you? Chris Paul isn't good enough to help you. Slow down. Exactly. It wasn't just about acquiring Chris Paul. It was more about getting rid of Jordan Poole's contract. And Jordan, Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole cost them a lot of money. Jordan Poole went completely MIA in the playoffs last year when they needed him. He, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. They had to get out from underneath that contract, so they did. And in exchange with the way things work in the NBA, they had to take back another big contract. Sure. So here comes Chris Paul. Do you think it's going to be Chris Paul from 10 years ago? No, absolutely not. But the Warriors do have a deficiency in which he can help them. The non-Steph Curry minutes are a problem for the Warriors. When Steph Curry tries to get some rest on the sideline during the regular season, and when he tried to do it for mere seconds in the playoffs, the Warriors get worked in those situations. Chris Paul can help with some of that. And there's precedent for this from the Warriors' perspective. They needed to get out a few years ago from the D'Angelo Russell contract. Mm -hmm. They had to move on. It wasn't going to work. So what did they do? They found a willing trade partner who needed to move on from their bad contract as well, and that was Andrew Wiggins. So they swing the deal with Minnesota, and everybody's upset that Wiggins is coming to Golden State. He's not worth the money. Well, neither was Russell. Right. But they found a role for Andrew Wiggins, and Wiggins played a big part in that championship win over the Boston Celtics two springs ago. So ultimately, Chris Paul, no, he's probably not going to put you over the top to win another championship, but you had to get rid of the pool contract Mm -hmm. and get something in return, and they did that here. They're going to address those Steph Curry minutes. Here's the deal with that, to your point, especially when games get tied in the fourth quarter. This could be a new kind of death lineup for Golden State, where now you got Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins. And you can mix and match with Kevon Looney as well. Maybe even Jonathan Kaminga can finally get going when it comes to the kind of ability and talent that he has. All of a sudden now, everything is not just going to be on Steph and Draymond Green. You got another ball handler who is pretty damn good at finding the open guy. We're not talking about a Chris Paul coming in and trying to get minutes and making sure he gets his shots. He's not going to do that. When you got three guys like that, now all of a sudden Draymond Green doesn't have to be that point forward all the time anymore. You can have another addition, and oh, by the way, with Chris Paul, you're not playing him 35, 38, 40 minutes. If he gets 25 to 30 minutes, guess what? It reduces what? The risk of injury when it comes to Chris Paul in the regular season and also in the playoffs. So I understand why a lot of people are poo-pooing this based on the way the Warriors play. But that can be a misnomer because playing times in the fourth quarter – they slow it down and get the best available shot. Who better to have that knows how to do that and get the ball to the right guy? 
than a guy like Chris Paul adding to what they do, especially a new potential death lineup that they could have in the fourth quarter. Think about the basketball IQ on the court in the situation you just laid out. Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, who's one of the all-time basketball IQ guys, and Andrew Wiggins. That's a lot of experience. That is a lot of basketball intellect on the court at the same time. It's going to be tough for a lineup like that to go three, four minutes without getting a bucket, right? Exactly. They will find ways to put points up there. I think where it's strange for a lot of people, especially diehard NBA fans, is that they still remember Steph and the Warriors, the pre-dynasty Steph and the Warriors, and Chris Paul and the Clippers going toe-to-toe. Toe-to-toe in the regular season, toe-to-toe in the playoffs. Those two teams hated each other. So to see those two guys teaming up all these years later, it's tough to reconcile that sometimes. Yeah, no doubt about that. Joe Fordenbaugh, Freddie Coleman together on Fritz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Steph Curry talked about getting CP with this quote, every team that CP has been on gets better. That's the most consistent thing on him and who he is and what he brings to the team. Everybody's going to talk about the age. It's on us to put all that together and figure out how all the pieces work, end quote. Chris Paul had this say about going to Golden State, going from an enemy to maybe a frenemy when he was on NBA Today on Monday. It happens around this league all the time. You know, it's probably the first time I've been in a situation like that. But when you get out there on the court with guys that are like-minded and love to play the game the same way that I love to, I'm excited about it. Uh, It's always a new process when you go into a new team. (laughs) I've done it a number of times now, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm definitely excited about this because um, these guys know what it's all about. They've been there. They've won over and over again. So I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that process. So I'll throw this question to you, Joe. A lot of people believe they're not going to get championship number five, that the dynasty window has now been slammed shut when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. What say you? You can't ever rule them out. That's one thing I learned. I moved there in December of 2014 and covered that team for six years before I came back to Las Vegas and joined ESPN full time. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, that was the entire dynasty run. And the one thing I learned throughout that, and it continued with what happened last year against Boston, you never count them out. If the team has Steph Curry, you never count them out. So what does that mean moving forward? Well, I'll say this. The dynasty era where they ran roughshod over everybody, that those days are done. Those days ain't coming that's, back. That's true. I'm They're working. older. Klay Thompson's not the same guy coming off those injuries. They're not going to run roughshod over the Western Conference, but they are the type of team that will win enough games during the regular season to find themselves in the playoffs. And once they're in the playoffs, should a favorable situation occur, maybe there's an injury here, two really good teams have to square off on the other end of the bracket. Should things break their way, they will find themselves in position to capitalize on that. But what they're going to need, Kaminga, Moody, someone further down the bench is going to need to rise up. They thought they had that with Jordan Poole. They didn't get it. They have had some really shaky drafts the last few years. They had the number two overall pick, James Wiseman. Didn't work out in any way, shape, or form. They traded him away. Kaminga and Moody come in the same year together. They've gotten a little, but they haven't gotten what they've expected. These picks were supposed to be the picks that carried this Warriors team in the later years, Mm -hmm. that helped them in the later years round out what they had in an aging Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Someone needs to rise up, and if they get that, that's the type of thing that can put them over the top one last time. I still wonder what Jordan Poole is thinking because 365 days ago, he's thinking, I'm going to be the next guy after Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. 365 days later, he's now in purgatory, known as the Washington Wizards. Golden State, let it be known, even though you got punched in the face by Draymond Green, if they didn't think that either he has something to do with it 
or that he didn't react well, nobody reacts well to get punched in the face. I mean, it's like the old boxing term. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. The yeah. fact that he was the quote-unquote victim with the whole Draymond Green thing, and they chose Draymond Green over him, I wonder what Jordan Poole was thinking when a year ago it seemed like they're about to do a second part of this, and now a year later, if they're going to do that, they're going to do that without Jordan Poole. It's business, and he produced more than I produced. It's going to be really tough, yeah. really tough to, to reconcile that uh-huh. if you're Jordan Poole, and I understand. Yeah. But you were the guy that when Steph went down during the regular season, you'd step in, you'd be dropping 26, 28. Everyone thought you were going to be the next guy. Mm-hmm. But when things went south with Green, you didn't show the fortitude. You yeah. didn't show the tenacity. You didn't show the ability to bounce back. Late in the year, Draymond trying to talk to him on the sideline. Uh-huh. Poole kind of just shoving him away, yeah. shoving him away, still having issues. I can understand having issues. You don't have to let bygones be bygones, but you also shouldn't expect to be back with that organization because Draymond Green means a hell of a lot to that roster and that community. As Nino Brown said in New Jack City, business be never personal. He's Joe <laughs> Fornball, Freddie coming in for the guys yes. and Fitz and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Speaking of movies, remember the movie Best in Show? Well, those yeah. dogs never got rich. But the best in show in sports right now is about to get paid a lot of money when this season is over. We'll get to that. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. A handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, expected to receive season-long suspensions this week for violating the league's policy on gambling. Keeping their core intact, improving around the edges and around the margins to take the next step and get into the NBA Finals, that is the Lakers' plan this NBA offseason, according to GM Rob Palenka. Their focus not so much about what other teams have done or are doing, but more about how they can optimize their current group. Gymnastics super star Simone Biles planning to return to competition in August, the U.S. Classic outside of Chicago, her first event since the 2020 Olympics. Major announcement set today for Tennessee State University. It will be the first historically black college or university to introduce a college hockey program. It is Fitz and Harry coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Freddie Coleman, that's me. Joe Formbaugh, that's him in for the guys today, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series so XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us and tune in and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's time to get a little smart when it comes to more or less, because anytime there's more or less, remember these words. Money is undefeated. So we bring the always undefeated Evan Wilner. It's time to do a little more or less right now. Yeah, so we're going to do some contract talk, some money. So, more or less for Justin Herbert, his next deal will be more or less than $179 million guaranteed. That is what Jalen Hurts got, Joe. Mm. 
it will be more simply because of timing. I'm not going to compare the two and say Herbert's better than Hurts. It's just Jalen Hurts got his contract this year. Justin Herbert, knowing how cheap the Chargers are, they're going to probably drag this thing out a lot longer than they need to. And then when the time comes to pay him, the market's just going to dictate more money. That's how it works in the NFL. One guy upping the next guy. Not necessarily because they're better but because it's the next year and that's what the market dictates, Freddie. Yeah, because we're playing levitating by Dua Leap in the background. He's going to get money all <laughs> night. It is tight. $200 million. It's going to be money for Justin Herbert. That's what Scott contract's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be more than $179 million guaranteed. That Jalen Hurts would not surprise me if that's closer to being north of $185. I'm not going to say it's $200 million, but it might come pretty darn close more than people expect when it comes to a new deal for Justin Herbert. Speaking of 185, that's what Lamar Jackson got guaranteed. So Joe Burrow will get more or less than that, Freddie? Less because he doesn't want that much more. He is very, he has said it very publicly that he does not want to break the bank of the Cincinnati Bengals to make sure they have money left over to pay the guys that he wants to keep around, especially that wide receiver core. He has been on record saying, look, the kind of money I want to make is the kind of contract I want that Patrick Mahomes has. I know I'm going to get my do re me, but I want to make sure that I'm not breaking our salary cap and not have enough to pay guys that we really need to fortify a football team. So I'm going to say because of Joe Burrow and what he said, that's going to be less than the $185 million guarantee that Lamar Jackson got no matter what the market's going to bear. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of tend to lean that way as well because of exactly what Freddie brought up, the idea that he wants a different structure for the team to have flexibility. Think about Patrick Mahomes. We heard about $500 million, but it's also spread out over a decade, yeah. and the guarantees in that were structured in a very unique way. At signing, if memory serves me correctly, only $63 million of that was guaranteed. Now, things have changed in the quarterback market since then. A few years have gone by, but I think the way Burrow's going to want to structure it to Freddie's point is going to want to be more team friendly. So you might see a lot of years with different sort of payment structures and levels within it, but I'd say less than 185 million guaranteed. All right. James Harden's eligible for a four year, $213 million contract with the Sixers. Man. He could get four years, 205 from another team. Let's say the Rockets where he's been rumored to go back to. So James Harden, more or less than 150 million this off season. Joe. I'm going to say less. Okay. And I don't feel real confident with this. I think uh, Woj made an interesting point that we talked about earlier that there's going to be a negotiation. Harden's going to want four. The Sixers are going to want two. They land somewhere in three, which would probably put it right at around $150 million. Mm. I don't necessarily want him back in Philadelphia. I'm glad he led the league in assists last year, but they needed him to make big shots in game six and game seven. He couldn't do that. He disappeared, much like he did back in his days in Houston. So I would prefer to see them move on. So this is just my gut and my emotions telling me I want Harden under 150 million. I'm still I I, I think my mind went black when I just heard that James Harden is about to make 50 million dollars a year, no matter where he goes, <laughs> whether it's Houston for four years, 205 million, or staying in Philadelphia for four years and 213 million. I'm going to say it's going to be more. I think he's going to sign that four-year, 213 million dollar contract with the Sixers for one reason. His name is Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if James Harden has pictures on him or what, but <laughs> Daryl Morey loves himself some James Harden, and he loves to pay himself some James Harden. So based on those specifics, and James Harden loves his money, 
It's going to be north of 150 million. This is all the makings of four years, 213 million to stay with the Sixers in Philadelphia. All right, the last one. This guy's going to be a free agent after the season, and he is a unicorn. Shohei Otani, more or less than 550 million dollars. Buster only, who will join us later, told us earlier in the year his number is going to start with a five or a six in terms of hundreds of millions of dollars for Shohei. So, more or less 550 for Shohei, Freddie. Let me see. I'm betting on it's going to be a seven-year contract. I could see Shohei Otani making at least $60 million. So based on that, seven years at $420 million, I think it's going to be less than that. But then again, he keeps doing what he's been able to do, Joe, with these absurd numbers, leading in major leagues in home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage and OPS, extra bases and total bases, and he leads all qualified pitchers. In opponent's batting average, he ranks third in strikeouts and is third in average fastball velocity. That's just one guy. We're not talking about two. We're talking about one guy. I think it's going to be less, but he's going to be the first $60 million per year player that's not a soccer player called Leo Messi in the United States. I'm going over. I think the problem with the analysis you just laid out, and there's a lot of good stuff in there, is that you're only aiming for a seven-year deal. Look at the biggest deals in the market. Mike Trout, 12 years. Mookie Betts, 12 years. Aaron Judge, 9 years. Manny Machado, 11. Francisco Lindor, 10. Fernando Tatis got 14 years. Bryce Harper got 13. Giancarlo Stanton got 13. Corey Seager just got 10. If you extend your per year that you're laying out, Mm -hmm. but you go up to 10 years, boom, you've got him there at that point. You swayed me. You you laid out some of the stats. Here are some, not all, some of the categories Otani leads the Angels in. Keep in mind, the Mm -hmm. modern-day Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout is his teammate. Right. Otani leads the Angels in hits, triples, homers, RBIs, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, (laughs) OPS+, and intentional walks. Let's go to pitching. Wins, innings pitched, strikeouts, strikeouts per nine. Those are just some of the categories he leads the Los Angeles Angels in. The fact that wow. he has made Mike Trout an afterthought Completely. and Trout was supposed to be the best player in baseball, the modern-day Mickey Mantle, think about what that says, what this guy is doing, and we don't talk about it nearly enough. Yeah, no doubt. Somehow it's not talked about enough, Freddie. You, you know why? Because he does not play for the Los Angeles Dodgers, which he will next year, or the New York Mets <laughs> or the Philadelphia Phillies or the New York Yankees. The Angels, they are that stepchild in Los Angeles, and that's not going to change. And when you've played on the World Baseball Classic stage like he did and what he was able to do striking out Mike Trout to win the World Baseball Classic, he knows he's never going to get that stage with the Los Angeles Angels. Now he goes to the Hollywood Swingers, known as the Dodgers. That stage is there every night. If he goes to the Yankees or the Mets, although the Mets can't afford to pay anybody else now as bad as they are. (laughs) He's not going to the Mets. He's not going to the Mets at all. He's not going to the Yankees. (laughs) If you're going to be on that kind of stage, it's not going to happen in Los Angeles with the Angels. It's going to happen in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. He's going to be the first $60 million per year player. And that may be underselling it when it's all said and done with Shohei Itani and free agency. Great stuff from Joe Fordenball. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. We're together on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. And staying in New York, one New York Jet believes there's room for free agent running back Dalvin Cook. How much pull does he have with what he said? Keep it here. That's next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
I'm Freddie Coleman. Joe Fortenbaugh in with me together. We're part of Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Don't forget about us on Sirius X and Channel 80 and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's the dog days of the NFL offseason, but that does mean there's not news out there. For example, Jets tight end Tyler Conklin said there's plenty of room for free agent running back Dalvin Cook. That's why we bring in Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Great follow on Twitter at Diana ESPN. We're going to talk about other NFL matters, but Diana, I'll start right there. How much pull does he have what he said about the Jets and maybe a marriage with Dalvin Cook? I don't think he has any pull with the Jets. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's a new member of the New York Jets, but he spent a lot of time in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook, where Dalvin Cook was obviously uh, once a Minnesota Viking. Their lockers were next to each other. They've got a great friendship. They've, they've right. been close for years. Uh, you know, they're pretty playful on social media as well. And and I, I think Dalvin Cook right now is really just assessing the market. He's looking at all the different deals. Everyone knows that being a running back at any point during, you know, the season, even the offseason, it's hard. Absolutely. Look at the market. It's completely bottomed out. Uh, and, and you know, we've been discussing this for, for a few weeks now, especially with, with Josh Jacobs and, and Saquon Barkley, um, Tony Pollard, you know, all these guys that were tagged. Um, you know, I think – it makes sense. It would work. I think it would It would work. Why not continue to give the Jets more options on offense? They're all in, right? They're not hiding it. Right. They've done every single thing they possibly could to get one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in a New York Jets uniform. So why not just keep adding to it? Um, you know, and, and you, you take a look at some of the things that Aaron Rodgers prefers on offense. You know, when you go back to his Green Bay days, mm-hmm. you know, they had two great running backs. He likes that. Why not have more? And it's, Freddie, it's really going to come down to the Brees Hall situation, right? And how healthy is he after the torn ACL recovering from that? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and fans listening know that it seems that, you know, n- now most players are able to recover almost back to themselves to 100% after an ACL. But you don't know. I saw him out at practice. I saw him running sprints. He looked great. Okay. We don't really know how he's going to be able to take hits in that game speed and, and you know, maybe come training camp – They'll get a little taste of it, but why not have that insurance? You know, but I just I'm interested to see where the numbers are going to come. I know right. or come around because I, I know Cook is looking around that you know ten eleven million dollar range uh, in terms of a deal, and, and the Miami Dolphins are interested. They've had some conversations. And, and he's it, from Miami. He's yeah. from, oh, the connections are all there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you if if we were going to just play a guessing game of what would make the most sense, it's that. But if the Jets want to go out there and maybe play a little defense. <laughs> right, sign him up, right? Because right? you don't you don't want to face a guy like Dalvin Cook, who, you know, according to him, he's a hundred percent healthy. Right? This this could be the best version of Dalvin Cook we've seen. Wow! And that's saying something. Wow! So Diana, the uh, the ESPN Radio Rankem series continued today. All the hosts are ranking their top five fan bases around the NFL. I married in the Bills Mafia. I'm contractually obligated to have Bills oh, Mafia number go. one. Here I stand by it. Freddie Coleman in a wild show of disrespect across the nation, had Bills Mafia number four. Number four. Now, you've been around. You've covered a lot of these teams. You've been in a lot of these cities on game day. How do you stack the Bills up? What do you think might be number one? Well, first of all, you have fabulous taste if you married a woman that's connected to Bills Mafia. So good for you. You I think I've said it to you on the air, and I'll make sure I say it now. I also think you are fantastic at your job. So if uh, you didn't hear me on TV, I'm telling you now. I'm getting buttered up here. for. I I, I feel like the rug's coming out here, Freddie. No, it's not. Oh, no, no, no. I'm all team Joe. I need my second son, Joe. Yeah, exactly. How could I go against you? That'll work. Okay, here, here, I understand where Freddie's going. I understand that 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 the Steelers nation 
when especially during the glory years i get it like that they they're scary right bill's yeah. mafia is nice they're friendly they're not they really scary. are <laughs> i can't disagree with that right i've I, Freddie, i've spent so much time in buffalo and i say it with exhaustion because <laughs> this is the truth on sunday morning when i wake up and depending on what city i'm in if i'm in buffalo and if i'm in the orchard park area it's a different experience, whether you're a fan, a player, even just a, a boring reporter like myself out there, because the energy is just at a level and it, and it yeah. consumes you and they 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 overwhelm you a little bit as well. True. But they are so nice. Like when I'm out there, I get blankets, I get coffee, food, <laughs> beer. People invite me over to their homes for the weekend. Like it's like the Canadian. Christmas vacation, <laughs> whatever I want, they, 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 they invite me. And, and the thing is, they do have this tremendous ability to make you feel like you are one of them. Right. right? I'm a, I like to think I'm a, I'm a decent, objective journalist. So uh, when I'm out there, yeah. I'm not cheering for the Bills. But when you're around them and they're putting you up on their shoulder and they're beer bathing you, it's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Hard to be like go Bengals, right? Because these guys just they live, breathe, and love. So, um, if look, we can probably argue every uh, team on this list, but I, I will say that my experiences on the road and being around the, so many different fan bases, the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia is number one. So, the go to the other side of that, Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, here on Twitter, Diana ESPN, joining Freddie Coleman and Joe Fordenbaugh on Fitz and Harry and ESPN Radio. How do you reconcile all of that? And your husband is an Eagles fan. Please, please, don't don't get me started. I, I, <laughs> I had an issue from day one with Kevin that he was an Eagles fan. Uh-huh. And you married him anyway. That, look, he had a very big wallet. And <laughs> <laughs> I saw it at the bar and I was like... <laughs> this dude's rich. I'm married. Ooh, we. That's the man for me. <laughs> 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 oh my god I got tears I got, Joe take over I got tears man he oh, is a Eagles uh, season ticket holder his entire family is so yeah. we start dating and and I, I he was wonderful he was really nice the accent was horrendous but I got past it because he's cute and that's the truth um, and so during the season my boss gives me one Sunday off right. during the season to, to do whatever I want to do yeah. so Kevin goes do you want to go to an Eagles game with my family? And I'm like, not, wow. real, not real. Like, you know, it's like my Sunday off. So he doesn't give me any details. We wound up showing up to the link. Yep. They have their season ticket holders in the last row uh-huh. of the field, like the, up against wow, that cement really? wall. And he looked at me, he goes, really? do you like this? Are you having fun? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's like all 22. So now you don't have to go home and watch it. I'm like, Oh my gosh! So wow. I obviously he played his cards right, oh, um, yeah, and yeah. that that wallet was it wasn't a wallet. He just had a beer can in his in his pants there. That's all that was. We are not rich. Either way, story time. Thanks to Dinah Rossini, ESPN oh, editor so reporter, is fantastic. Great follow to Dinah ESPN. Always a pleasure to have us in the studio on Fitz and Harry. Thank you so much, my friend. Go birds, I guess. We'll have another part of Philadelphia story. Dinah husband's not leaving, but this play may be leaving that city. That comes up next in Fitz and Harry with Joe Fordenbaugh and Freddie Cole. On ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.